Welcome to the documentary from the BBC World Service, where we report the world, however difficult the issue, however hard to reach. Podcasts from the BBC World Service are supported by advertising. In a world where change is constant, it pays to look beyond your borders. The Financial Times offers a global perspective to give you a deeper understanding of international markets and emerging trends. Broaden your horizons and widen your influence. Fearlessly pink. The Financial Times. Read more at ft.com slash fearless. In 1969, a plan to show support for an anti-racism protest turned the lives of 14 promising black student-athletes upside down. Amazing Sports Stories from the BBC World Service tells their story. Search for Amazing Sports Stories wherever you get your BBC podcasts. Welcome to the documentary from the BBC World Service. I'm Maria Margaronis, celebrating the power of women's community radio from Afghanistan to the Amazon for this year's World Radio Day. We've been told to be quiet too often and in too many places. But spin the globe and you can hear more and more women taking to the air and making waves, sometimes in the most difficult circumstances. It's like a one-hour ride in the morning from my home to the office. Uh, so we have this transportation that picks up me and all the other girls around 7 a.m. in the morning. We have this meet-up points uh, around the city where the girls come. Sabachaman is the station manager of Radio Begum in Afghanistan, a national women's station operating in the cracks allowed by the Taliban regime. In Kabul, since the takeover of the Taliban, from time to time, there is a new decree that impacts, you know, the the mental health of women, including myself. It's not that it's a rule written somewhere, but of course you never know because the people issuing a decree are one group and then the people who implemented the Taliban guards, I mean, they are different. So they look for, for women who might not be wearing proper hijab or women who might be traveling alone late at night or very early in the morning. So we just have to apply this as part of our you know, safety policy for the staff in order to make sure that they come safely to the station and then go back home safely. For the women who work there, the station is a kind of refuge. Actually, Radio Begum is also an answer to Taliban. Radio Begum's founder, Hameda Aman, fled war in Afghanistan with her family at the age of six and grew up in Switzerland. When the first Taliban government fell in 2001, she went home and set up a media company. 20 years later, on March 8, 2021, International Women's Day, Radio Begum was on the air, five months before American forces withdrew from Afghanistan and Taliban fighters reached the gates of Kabul within days. Taliban is in control of Afghanistan. The country's president has fled. And this took the US by surprise. So you knew what was coming. Exactly. And why radio? Why did you feel that radio was the right answer? 
The radio is the most wonderful tool ever because it's cheap, it's uh, accessible by everyone, and moreover, it's anonymous. It's anonymous for those who are behind the mic or for those who are listening this radio as well. It would be much more difficult to have images of people, but raising the voice, you always find someone to do it. When the Taliban took power, the young radio station had to adapt to survive. We had to change everything. We had to comply to the new rules. So we had to separate male and female workers. We are not doing any politic. We are even not doing news bulletin. Our main concern is education and practical information for women in order to help them in their daily life and in their daily struggle. Most of Radio Begum's programs are phone-ins, where women, and sometimes men, can air their questions and concerns. The health broadcast covers everything from vaginal discharge to pneumonia to fetal death, though the Taliban don't like too much talk about contraception or periods. The daily morning show hosted by a psychologist is one of the most popular, opening up sensitive subjects like shame, addiction, poverty and violence, and suggesting ways to cope with pain through meditation, walking barefoot or looking after animals and plants. Women are calling us, expressing their problem. Some of them, they are crying. Some of them are just here to talk. And our psychologist is here to just to listen to them, not to judge them and to just give her the time to express their problem. What kind of things are women calling in about? At the beginning, we had mostly married women with children, but now more and more we have teenagers, young ladies, students who are calling us. And of course, the main complaint for these girls is the lack of education and the lack of perspective. And they feel really desperate. Also, they are losing self-confidence because, I mean, these rules mean that their life doesn't matter. This is how they understand the situation. No matter we are alive or dead, we don't count. This is a sentence that we hear from girls who are 14, 15, 16 years old. Can you imagine? What can you say to such a girl? Because the wall is real and it's there in front of them. We really feel powerless sometimes and and also speechless. <laughs> but what to say except talking like a mother to our girls. I'm imagining also the courage it must take for some of the women who call you to just pick up the phone and dial the number. Exactly. And they are not used to that. You know, in Afghanistan, from the your childhood, we keep telling you a good girl is a silent girl. Radio Begum does have a practical answer to the Taliban's ban on education for girls past the age of 11. 
daily on-air classes that follow the school curriculum in history, science, Islamic studies and English. Salmo? In the name of Allah, the teacher is in front of the class. Girls from the neighborhood come to the studio every day to take part and record the lessons, which are now broadcast in 19 of Afghanistan's 31 provinces. We have mics for each student and then the teacher, so we imitate a real classroom, record the voice and then broadcast it on the radio the next day. And those who are listening to it from their homes could feel like they are in the classroom themselves, yeah. The children must love coming. They must absolutely love this. Yes, most of these girls, they were also the ones who do not have a chance, you know, to attend school. So it's a chance for them to come to see their friends and they never stop coming, of course. So that shows how, how important it is to them as well. Radio Begum's on-air school is a kind of lifeline for girls forced to stay at home or go out only when they're covered and accompanied by a male relative. But for many women, life in isolation, coupled with poverty and constant uncertainty, is a kind of hell. I asked Saba about one of the topics on the psychology show that had leapt out at me. How to control our anger. I thought that was a really interesting one. Women must be so angry. Yes, they are. Uh, it's not only because they themselves are deprived of their rights, it's also because domestic violence, unemployment, all these things have increased all the pressure that comes through their husband, through the family members and everybody else in the society just because she's a woman. Of course, then what do women do when, when women have to handle these this unwanted pressures? They pour out that anger on their children. So what we try to do is to encourage women to talk about their feelings with their husbands and then to the husbands, you know, addressing them that if you're using violence or if you're pouring out your negative emotions on, on your woman and she does not dare to answer you, this will affect your children. It sounds like by talking to and about women, you're also reaching the men. The men, of course. It's not the women we should change. The real problem are the men who are using violence and everything else that they have to pressurize this woman. So first we have to address their mental health issues. Violence in the house reflects violence on the street. The first week of January, I think you might have heard about that on the news as well, that some girls were abducted, they were arrested by the, the Taliban in markets, in educational courses. And then we had different kinds of reports. Some said that they were beaten. Some said that no, they were not beaten, but then they were kept at the police station for a few hours after their family members came and then they were released. It's so hard to differentiate rumor from true information. But ultimately, what I personally feel is that the aim of these, these actions were to put all the women in Kabul, especially in a psychological game or pressure, so that they become fearful and then they will comply with the rule. So, Sabah, it's a big question, but psychologically, how do you cope with this? It's very hard, you know, Maria, for me and for all the team members. I live in Afghanistan alone, and the, the number one fear that I had during all those uh, days was that if ever I am arrested, who will come to save me? Who will come to, you know, <laughs> ask about me? Uh, I mean, my male friends, they c cannot do it because legally they are not my guardians and then my, my father is dead i have a brother who is very small but he's in pakistan so uh, usually on fridays which is our weekend in afghanistan uh, me and my friends we used to go outside to uh, to a restaurant to a coffee shop or maybe to to buy things that we needed at local markets but 
last Friday I did not do any of those things. I was at home, depressed, and so was every other girl, you know, in Kabul, I guess. Were you able to report anything on the radio about the girls who were arrested? You can't, you know, mention it very directly. We always have to find, you know, an alternative way to be very subtle and to make it not sound very controversial. Roshani. Roshani means enlightenment. It's Radio Begum's daily live religion program, hosted by two female experts in Sharia law. It's a crucial forum for discussing women's rights in the context of Islam, and it gets many calls from men as well as women. So in the program, I, I asked uh, these two uh, colleagues of, of mine to talk about what a proper hijab is in Islam. Of course, we had many male country members who called and then talked against these things that were happening, but unfortunately no woman who could, you know, uh, have the courage to, to talk what happened during all, all this, uh, all the week. Sabah took her phone into the studio sound booth to introduce me to Nasira Oram, the show's producer, herself a Sharia law expert. This program is very important. Afghanistan is a religious country. When we say this is our religion and this is in our Islam, so people listening us a lot. Do you get arguments or responses from the Taliban if you're talking about an interpretation of Islamic law that is different from theirs? We try to talk about Islam, but they, uh, we are not mentioning them. Uh, last year, when the universities were banned, uh, all our shows were talking about these matters, and some girls were called and they were crying. They had lots of emotional feelings about that. A man called in who identified himself as a Taliban supporter. <laughs> And he says that, how, could, how dare you talk about our uh, Shaykh al-Hadith like that? Whatever he says, he is right. You don't have any rights to, to go against them. So that was a live show. So we just tried to say, how can you answer our people? They're all asking about, why are you uh, banning our education for girls and uh, all of this? So he says that we don't need to uh, answer people. If... Our leader says that this is not allowed, so this is not allowed. There are no arguments. The man talked for six minutes and hung up. So you must have to think very carefully yes. all the time. Can we talk about this? Can we say yes, that? Yes, yes. This is really sometimes uh, we cannot control our emotions because we are facing these things uh, by our own eyes. So we are trying a lot to control ourselves. But sometimes we don't have any other choice other than shutting our mouth. <laughs> I was overwhelmed by these women's courage. Nasira is 35, the single mother of a son and a disabled daughter. Sabah is just 26. The environment that we have here at Radio Begum is one of the few, you know, left in Kabul for women doing what, what they like deeply from their heart and what they believe. You know, all, all the women have these unique stories, uh, despite the fact that they have so many problems in their own personal lives. They come to the station every day to continue doing this work. This itself is uh, the impact of the work that we are doing, and it's very, very emotional. Yeah.
Your community radio station is Femtalk 89FM. Hi, I'm Trina Tawake coming to you from Femtalk 89FM where we amplify women's voices from the mat to the table. Femtalk 89FM is Fiji's feminist radio station, broadcasting from the capital, Suva, and from the town of Lambasa on the North Island, Vanualevu. Fiji is made up of more than 330 South Pacific islands, of which about a third are inhabited. So communication is complicated and crucial. Fiji was a British colony until the late date of 1970, and the political turbulence unleashed with independence has only recently settled down, after four coups in two decades. Now, the radio station started out from the peace vigil after the 2000 coup, where they needed somewhere to raise their voices when there were about 10 women in prison in parliament as parliamentarians. That's Fevo Laptu, the executive director of FemLink Pacific, FemTalk's mothership, which aims to empower women through media, amplifying all Fijian women's voices so they can hear each other and work together. Mrs. Swami, did I hear your voice? Yeah, hello, good morning. The station operates out of a small room in FemLink's Suva offices, but it's connected to a wide network of women in the villages where it hosts regular on-air community meetings. Thank you for tuning in to FemTalk 89FM. I'm Alex and we are here at the Sangani Community Hall with the women from the different villages. This is the first time for us. Alex Davelu is a producer and broadcaster in the Lambasa studio. What's your favourite part of the work? Voicing the women's voice out on air to be heard from the different backgrounds they live in. Voices like this village woman's. When we go to Lambasa, early in the morning from 4 o'clock, we have to wake up to catch the bus with our uh, things we have to sell to market. Um, all these 80 years up, when it's bad weather, they have to go. They have to take wheelbarrows with their goods, go sell in the town. Uh, we need help. We really need help. The problem is the road. Though she's based in town, Alex regularly hauls her recording gear to one of the remote villages in Femlink's network, some not accessible by road. Just recently, I had to cross the river. There's no bridge. I have to cross two streams to go up to the village to do my radio production. Village life, yes, still the same. People do farming. Women gather together to do community work. When visitors come in, bring whatever they have at home or cook some small things, they bring it into the community hall. We sit all together inside and uh, conversate. Them speaking is a power in itself and making decisions on their own. Eh? Sulueti Waka is a programme coordinator in Lambasa. She grew up in a village three hours from town herself, and she understands what it takes for a woman to find her voice. Has it sometimes been difficult to get the trust of these more rural communities? It has been a challenge. Despite your personal opinion on certain things, you have to sit down and listen if you want the issues to to be heard. The approach is very important. We cannot just come in as high and mighty from somebody that lives in the city. Fiji has a rich mix of different ethnicities, cultures and religions. Indigenous Fijians, Indo-Fijians descended from workers brought here by the British, Europeans and Chinese, Christians, Hindus and Muslims, and a deeply traditional rural life alongside modern cities and tourism. So that combination of cultural sensitivity and inclusiveness 
is one of the challenges Femtalk has to negotiate and one of its strengths. We've got women's group, young women's group, women with disabilities, the LGBTIQ group. But since we go to the community, a very um, conservative community, sometimes we have to ignore the part of the LGBTIQ community, but just produce for women, young women and young mothers. But we have other programs on radio that basically focus on the LGBTIQ community on Femtalk 89FM. This is really interesting because, so are you saying that in some communities that you go to, there might be LGBTQI people there, but you have to sort of leave them out? Yeah, we have to leave them out because it's a very conservative community and sometimes they are not known. So we respect that as well. So how are things for LGBTQI people in Fiji? Things are going on well, but there are some sorts of issues that they have to deal with, especially online gender-based violence, which is a rise here in Fiji. Bursia. Hi, I'm Alex. I'm Esipa. And, and we are your producer and broadcaster on Femtop 89FM Lambasa. The global 16 days of activism against gender-based violence is a key international moment to call for an end to violence against women and girls. Health impacts of violence can last a lifetime, affecting physical, mental, sexual, and reproductive health. Femtalk 89FM turns 20 this year. And as climate change threatens Fiji's farming and fishing communities and the archipelago itself with floods and mudslides and rising sea levels, one of its core services has become more important than ever, the Women's Weather Watch. Bulabinaka, Fiji. It's 9 a.m. on the dot. This is your Women's Weather Watch update. A heavy rain alert remains in force for the Northern Division. Government weather reports are not always accurate or trusted, so Femlink has mobilised its network to produce local weather news live in real time. You have to try and go outside. Oh, strong winds. Now the weather watchers share instant weather information with videos on the Viber messaging service too, so that neighbours can help each other through emergencies. Fiji is regularly hit by dangerous tropical cyclones. People often have to shelter in communal spaces, where women are especially vulnerable to abuse and violence. I'm at the Wookie. For me, I'm a member of our WW Women's Weather Watch. That's the most fastest way of me receiving the information. Once I receive it, I quickly inform my neighbours, because some of my neighbours are without mobile phones and also without radios, so that they can be prepared for any natural disaster coming. We trust our Women's Weather Watch over the mainstream media. That's great. I mean, you'd think the men would have thought of doing this too, right? <laughs> well, they're busy looking at the, the bigger things like getting the houses fixed while we look at the little things like what's the weather going to be like? What kind of things do I need to pack? You know, our brains are wired differently. So we understand those differences and we try and apply what uh, our natural instincts are and use it for the safekeeping of our family. We've used media and technology to do that. One, two,
You're listening to the documentary from the BBC World Service. I'm Maria Margaronis. Come with me now to North America's Washington State, where women have been at the forefront of a pioneering Spanish-language community radio station since 1979. Radio The work begins at daybreak for the campesinos, the farm workers of the Yakima Valley, a crazy quilt of fields and orchards in the eastern part of Washington State. And for 44 years, the sounds of Radio KDNA, Cadena, have been with them in the fields, powering them through their day with music, news and information. Migrants from Texas and Mexico have been coming to work on farms in the valley since the late 1940s, laying down strands of Latino culture in the Pacific Northwest. But they were isolated and often at odds with the mainstream Anglo community. Cadena is Spanish for chain, a symbol of unity and connection with the farm workers. Rosa Ramon was one of the station's founders and its first general manager, a rare position back then for a woman to hold. Agriculture is like the biggest business in the valley. So there was a real need for information because there were a lot of farm worker rights that were being ignored. There also wasn't any community dialogue between them. There wasn't a place for that. What was being grown? What was the labor like day to day for people? Things like hops, asparagus... Fruit orchards, onions, potatoes, strawberries, you name it. (laughs) And the labor is very difficult for some of those uh, crops. For example, asparagus. I did that. I worked in the asparagus fields. Very labor-intensive. Stoop labor. So, you know, you wear an asparagus can around your waist. You you have an asparagus knife that has a long handle, and the blade is at the end. And you stoop from one row to the other as you're walking, you're stooping, you're cutting the asparagus, you're making judgments about size, you're putting them in your can, it's weighing down. (laughs) A lot of that labor cannot be done by machine. It's still being done by hand, even today. That Huelga en General, General Strike, a famous anthem of the United Farm Workers Union. KDNA's founders were inspired by Cesar Chavez, the union's charismatic and controversial leader, who made headlines leading farm workers in strikes and fruit company boycotts. Ricardo Garcia and I were already working on trying to find ways to use mass media to try to get information out to communicate with the farmer population in the Yakima Valley. But there wasn't any Spanish language outlets at all. Here's Ricardo, one of Cadena's founders, now 85 years old. There's a lot to say about the early days, especially the early days. It was sort of a, like an experiment. We don't know what we were getting into, but we decided to do it. We got several community volunteers who were willing to get the project completed. It was hard work. So I have photographs where you can see all the work being done by hand in terms of constructing the shack. You see people pulling ropes and hauling the antenna, people digging holes, moving rocks. (laughs) It was all done by hand. So you were really determined. 
Yes. After three years of hard work securing the license, building the station and training staff, Radio Cadena signed on on December 16th, 1979. This is KDNA Yakima with Studio Transmitter Link, WDT 826 in Granger. Buenos dias, Radio Cadena está en el aire. Lo invitamos para que disfrute de un día completo de música, información y entretenimiento en compañía de Radio Cadena. I can still hear Julio's voice. I mean, to me, that was like a very, very special memory in terms of Radio Cadena. Cadena's early programming included news bulletins and commentary, job announcements, a women's program, and a popular children's show, Los Jardín de los Niños, that's still on the air today with the same host, Ezequiel. Hola, viejito. ¿Cómo estás, Gilberto? Ya hay estar bien grande mi Gilberto, ¿verdad? Ajá. Qué bien. Ya, ya sabes andar en... Oportunidades de trabajo. Un programa que escucha a través de Radio Cadena en cooperación con el Centro de Entrenamientos en Naro. Con información de trabajo. ¿Qué tal con ustedes? Yo soy Celia Prieto y estaré trayéndole las noticias de este día. Farm owners este were wary of this newcomer to the valley, afraid it was controlled by the United Farm Workers, and complained about it to the Federal Communications Commission. The station was very much part of the Chicano movement. Chavez himself visited and was interviewed five times. Rosa brought a strong voice for Chicana feminism. Mujer es un programa de información general que se enfoca en las que componen más de la mitad del total de la población, las mujeres. Initially, I was one of the founders, so I was the one woman on a committee of four. I was the only woman in the room. Was it hard to get to be the station manager and to hold that role? Let's say that there were some experiences that were painful that I can look back at now. Some of them I can see them as amusing now, but at that time were difficult. Sometimes when some men would come to the station, they would ask for one of the male persons that they had heard in the air. And I would say, well, if you'd like to meet with him, you can. But if you want to meet with a station manager, then, you know, it's me that you <laughs> want to meet with. And most of them were pretty surprised. You brought more women into the station too, yes, and sort of trained them up. And That was a goal from the beginning. For, you know, Chicanas to be so public at that time, because you weren't fitting the definition of, you know, what your role is. But they were so brave. They wanted to learn radio and they wanted to do things. And, and they sort of became role models, you know, for other women. And radio, the beautiful thing about radio, I think, is that it builds confidence in people. And that was then transcending out to the community. Do you have any particular memories or stories of some of the women who came to work with you? You know, there were there were so many. I will mention uh, one. She has passed on, but her name was Maria Stella. Muy buenos días. Este es su programa Música Variada. 10 minutos para las 10 de la mañana con su servidora María Estela. Y muy buenos días a todos nuestros radioescuchas que nos escuchan por Oregon, Pasco y Yakima, aquí todo el Valle de Yakima. Mi esposo todo el tiempo me decía, nunca vas a, a hacer nada. Nunca My husband always told me, you're never going to do anything. You will never progress. Because that was his attitude. He always said that a woman should not work that she should always stay at home. And that's why I did that for many years. But after he left, well, then the decision was my own to want to do something with my life. At my age, there is always that doubt. But now I no longer have that doubt. 
Now what I have is courage. That's from a program called The Women of Cadena, made in the 1980s. And so's this, introduced by a young Rosa, about how the women vetted the records played on air. Those girls understood how the patriarchy works. Programming of music at a community public radio station takes on a more important meaning than just entertainment. Estela del Villar, music director, explains. Music carries messages that influence thinking. For instance, there are songs that reinforce attitudes detrimental to the community. Listening to the song, you hear a beautiful melody, but that melody disguises the message of the song, which is about a man who justifies killing his lover because he felt betrayed. Part of my responsibilities include listening to records received by the station and sifting out music that falls in this category. These songs are then marked as unfavorable for airing. Did you get pushback on these things from some of the guys? We would get pushback. <laughs> we would get pushback from the community. And there were some community people who felt that a woman should not be telling men what to do. And so they they were encouraging and uprising <laughs> among the male workers, which didn't materialize. But, oh, yes, there was always discussions about music, what we were playing too much of and what we, what we were not playing as well. Rosa managed the station for five years and passed the torch to Ricardo Garcia. By then, more undocumented workers from Mexico were making the perilous journey north to the Yakima Valley, driven by poverty and growing drug violence at home. The Immigration and Naturalization Service, the INS, or La Migra, came after them. The campesinos supported Cadena with subscriptions and volunteer work, and Cadena looked out for them too. Ricardo Garcia. The INS were they were very active raiding places where they could find farm workers. We developed a clever device to play certain music on the radio station that would tell people that the INS were planning or they were raiding a certain warehouse. And we played that song. Suntus per humanes mujer, it's your scent woman, the hit Nicaraguan song by Carlos Mejia Godoy that rocked all of Latin America in the summer of 77, played to warn the campesinos that a raid was coming. That gave the, the workers a chance not to come to work because INS raided usually early in the morning. It's brilliant. But how did you know that a raid was coming? Word of mouth. They would call the radio station and say, INS is here. We're in the people. And so we did. Ricardo Garcia retired as general manager in 2009. So what's Cadena like now? Does it hold to its early ideals of supporting farm workers? Is it still feminist? Elizabeth Torres is the station's current director of operations. I will say 80% about the staff is still female. I will say we're not a feminist radio station, but we are an inclusive radio station. At 44, Cadena has become an institution. It has much the same format and programming, though it's now plugged into consultations and grants from foundations and the University of Washington. It remains a voice of conscience and a community centre that farm workers can turn to for support in their disputes with farm owners. Everything evolves with time. We haven't lost the principle where Radio Cadena started with. The 
the voice of the farm worker and addressing the issues that are impacting the community. I will say we don't have the best relationships with the farm owners and and we're still going to be the radical ones. Like, for example, with the sexual harassment, it's a big issue in the farms where the women and men are still being sexually harassed in the fields. And so we're not going to be quiet about it. And the workers have been on strike. And so we open up the microphones for the workers. We still going to be there for the farm worker community. Radio Cadena, la voz del campesino. Estás escuchando la voz de la Conveniae. La Voz de la Conveniae broadcasts from the town of Puyo in Ecuador, in Spanish and in five of the region's 11 indigenous languages. Quichua, Ashuar, Shuar, Shiviar and Wao Tededo. The Conveniae is a federation of communities in the Ecuadorian Amazon, some in remote villages accessible only by small plane or canoe. Yo soy Cancuana Canelos Walingas del pueblo Quichua de Sarayacu. I am Cancuana Canelos Walingas from the Quichua community of Sarayacu in the heart of the Amazonia in the province of Pastaza. Yo nací en Sarayacu, crecí en Sarayacu. I was born in Sarayacu, grew up in Sarayacu. I have six siblings and we grew up playing and fishing and going to the chakra, the vegetable garden with our parents. I remember my childhood as a time of many difficulties, but also much happiness. Sarayaku is home to about 12,000 people, a day's canoe journey from Puyo, deep in the rainforest. The community has a very close relationship with everything that surrounds us, with the trees. We feel the presence of many animals, of many birds. We hear the sounds of the birds, which also have stories. We grew up hearing those stories, and they mean a lot to us. This Quechua story is about a night bird, the Iluku, or Potu. There was once a woman called Iluku, who always kept the best pumpkins from the chakra for herself. Her husband was so angry that he ran away and climbed a vine up a tree so tall that he became the moon. Iluku turned into a bird, but still she couldn't reach him. And so, when the moon is full, you can hear Iluku crying for her husband. La Voz de la Conveniae launched online on May 11, 2019, the anniversary of powerful protests by Ecuador's Amazonian people against government austerity measures. The following year, it went live on air. La actualidad y noticias de la Amazonía se escucha en nuestra emisora. Regresamos con nuestra programación. La voz de la Confeniae, el poder de la palabra. Me dije, hay que hablar de problemas que están pasando en las comunidades 
I said to myself, we have to talk about the problems of our communities, our people, above all in our language, Quichua. And that's when the idea was born to make a program focusing on indigenous women, for indigenous women and for the whole community. Canoa nos espera. Estamos remando contra la corriente, juntando memorias, como el chaguamango, caminando por la selva. Remando contra la corriente means rowing against the current, a perfect title for a program supporting women's resistance. La mujer perfecta está aquí, la estás viendo frente a ti, amo como soy. Remando, enlazando voces contra la corriente. For Cancuana, the seed was planted back in 2002 when the Compañía General de Combustibles from Argentina entered Sarayaco to drill for oil. The Ecuadorian government had given the company a concession, but the first the Quichua people knew of it was when helicopters carrying armed men landed on the bank of the Bobonazo River. I was about 10 or 11 years old. I don't remember exactly, but I do remember that we all got organized. We all mobilized children, teenagers, women, men. I was on the committee making chicha, which is a drink we make from yuca. Se paralizó la escuela, el colegio. The school was closed and our parents went to the forest to try to expel these people who had entered Sarayaku territory and were beginning to assemble explosives. And what happened? Did the oil companies leave? Sí, fueron tres meses de lucha. Yes, it was three months of constant struggle. And the strangest thing was that women played a very powerful role here in Sarayaku. The women of Sarayaku have always played a leading role in various struggles, but I think it's been made invisible, like the history of all women from all peoples. Dentro de los tres meses, las mujeres... Within those three months, I remember that the women expelled all workers from the oil company, obviously with the help of the men, but the women found those teams of oil workers and took away their weapons. They caught them, disarmed them, and pushed them out. Back then, indigenous people had no media of their own, and the Sarayaku resistance wasn't much covered. And yet, that struggle eventually led to a landmark ruling in 2013 by the Inter-American Court of Human Rights, which bans mining on indigenous land without consultation, though this is not always respected. I think all dreams have a starting point, and I think those difficult times we lived through made me think that at some point I wanted to do radio. To be a communicator who could tell the stories of what was happening, not just in Sarayaku, but in all our territories. 
Cancuana realized her dream with the launch of Remando on La Voz de la Confeniai in 2019. Rupai Sisa is one of the women she invited to join her. La Voz de la Confeniai. Aquí hay muchos pajaritos porque al frente eh, está una mata de guava. There are a lot of birds here because there's a guava bush with flowers and they are eating little bugs. Rupa is from Sarayaku too. When she finished school and moved to town, she was hired by a nun at a Catholic station, Radio Puyo, which broadcast in Quichua for a couple of hours in the afternoons. The station manager asked me, do you speak Quichua? And I say, ¿Sabes hablar Quichua? Yo dije, sí. Y dijo, ¿te gustaría trabajar en la radio? Dije, bueno. And she said, would you like to work on the radio? And I said, fine. Fue muy difícil alejar mis abuelos porque yo crecí con mi abuelo y con mi abuelita. It was very difficult to move away from my grandparents because I grew up with my grandpa and my grandma. My dad was away working for an oil company, which I seem to remember was called GPS. GPS, GPS, is a Dutch oil company, which helps to explain why the town where Rupai now lives is called Shell. She remembers going as a child to Sarayakupungo, a place where two rivers meet, where she too encountered the oil men. Entonces ahí vino a aterrizar helicóptero, nos regaló... So a helicopter came to land and gave us canned tuna and rice, which we'd never seen before. Then they went to the edge of the hill and put a cement market on it that showed they could come to drill and that there was oil there. And that's how I started traveling, paddling with three colleagues, visiting communities where illegal mining is happening. The women set off by canoe up the Bobonaza River. It was a beautiful experience. We spoke with women about the songs our grandparents sang, war songs, songs to make your partners sad, different songs for planting cassava. From Sarayaku, the women traveled two more days by canoe to the Ashwa village of Huachirpas on the Pastasa River. I had the chance to learn the wonderful stories of the Ashwar women. The Ashwar women still are invisible, still haven't become leaders and presidents of their villages. That's a big difference between the Quechua women of Sarayaku and the Ashwar women. En la madrugada, la mujer, primero la mujer levanta para cocinar guayusa. The woman gets up first at dawn, she says, to make guayusa tea and prepare the house before her husband wakes. Como que ellos no delante de sus esposos no podían expresar, eran muy tímidas. They couldn't express themselves in front of their husbands. They were very shy. But when it was just us, they talked to us happily, warmly and sang. And 
para ellos los cantos. They told us that through the songs they are protecting nature. For them, their songs are something sacred, something that's part of them. But at the same time, it's very difficult to talk about sexuality, about gender, to tell them there should be gender equality. Habían muchas mujeres que nos agradecían por tener ese espacio, que nos dijeran es aquí donde podemos hablar de de lo que nos sucede. Many women have thanked us for providing this space. This is where we can talk about what's happening to us and about issues of violence against women in the communities. Some people have asked why I'm talking about these issues, saying that because I live in the city now, I shouldn't touch on these things. Canquana is undaunted by accusations that as a city woman now, she doesn't understand village culture. Violence is violence. But that gave me a strength to continue because I said, no, we have to upset people who don't want to hear about these things in the media. Ecuador's indigenous people's movement is powerful. It's helped to organize national uprisings and even bring down governments. The country's constitution is the first in the world to recognize the rights of nature, or Pachamama and forbids extractive mining in protected areas. But the struggle to protect the forest and its ancient, sustainable ways of life goes on. The Confenii and its radio station are now resisting plans to build a high-security prison in the middle of the Pastaza jungle and trying to stop the government from overruling last summer's national vote to ban oil production in Ecuador's Yasuni National Park. For Canquana, these are women's issues. Que las mujeres están para defender sus vidas, su territorio y, y esta casa. Women are here to defend their lives, their territories, their house, because we think of the Amazon as our house, because if the house is threatened, our lives are threatened, our own lives as women. Thank you to all the women who've shared their radio adventures with us. And thank you, dear listener, whatever your gender. Happy World Radio Day. Thank you for listening to the documentary from the BBC World Service. I'm Maria Margaronis. The programme was produced by David Gorin and me, mixed by David Gorin and edited by Adele Armstrong. Hasta la próxima. The production coordinators were Brenda Brown and Katie Morrison. Who were the Black 14? 14 football players who were at the University of Wyoming in 1969. 14 student-athletes who paid a heavy price for planning a show of support against racism. It hit the campus like wildfire. Some of them was getting death threats. Amazing Sports Stories from the BBC World Service tells their story. It was a complete surprise that he kicked us off the team. What are we going to do with our lives? How are we going to get our degrees? Search for Amazing Sports Stories wherever you get your BBC podcasts. In a digital world that demands your attention, it can be challenging to build your own worldview. The Financial Times brings you rigorous and independent global journalism, so you can see more angles and find time to think for yourself. Don't jump to conclusions. Read to them instead. Fearlessly Pink. Financial Times. Read more at ft.com slash fearless. Fearless. 
Nanu, zwei noch nie dagewesene edle Geschöpfe. Jetzt müssen wir nur den richtigen Moment abwarten. Willkommen bei McDonalds. Ihre Bestellung bitte. Probier jetzt den Hamburger Real Barbecue Bacon und den Hamburger Real Smoky. Nur bei McDonalds. In allen teilnehmenden Restaurants nichts zu unseren Frühstückszeiten. 